Hello and welcome back to Deep Lorable, a podcast where a couple of friends dredge the internet to find the deepest lore. I'm Michael Bastine. And I'm Billy Staples. And this week we bring to you the wonderful and confusing character and world of Toucan Sam and Kellogg's Fruit Loop Cereal. Billy, would you care to uh, give our audience an introduction? Toucan Sam is, like Mike said, the uh, mascot of the Fruit Loops replica cereal, which is comprised of like small colored rings, and he has been featured in advertising since the 1960s. Oh shoot! I didn't even think about picking up like the years and stuff that he's been he's been going for. It's really been the 60s. Yeah, more specifically 1963. Wow. I also have some other interesting facts about him. About him. About him. He was created by uh, Manuel, Manu, Manuel R. Vega. Okay. And was originally voiced by Mel Blanc. I know that name. And I, I, like, I remember that name just from like researching it. But what has Mel Blanc done? I'm now Googling. Oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. He was then voiced by Paul Fries and more recently Maurice LaMarche after Paul Fries's demise. He played a bunch of characters in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Okay. Including Daffy Duck, Tweety Bird, Bugs Bunny. Did he play? I think Mel Blanc just is the voice of Daffy Duck and Bugs Bunny. Yeah. Mel Blanc is the voice of Daffy Duck and Bugs Bunny. That explains, I guess, why they would want him to voice Toucan Sam. Yeah, being a being a very, I mean, a big, it was, he's the first voice of Toucan Sam, so back in 63? Yeah. So we're looking at, let's see, I'm scrolling through his IMDb. He, so he started his career, holy cow, his career goes back to 1940, no, hold on. 1930. Oh. 1937 is the oldest listing I see on here. He voiced, let's see, he voiced Porky Pig for a while. Uh, some miscellaneous characters in various cartoons. Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Holy cow. Oswald the Lucky Rabbit was, if you remember, was the basically Mickey Mouse before Disney adopted the mouse. Yeah. Like Oswald was the proto Mickey. We should do we should do Looney Tunes one of these days. We should. There's so much there. Wow, 1937. What was his last? He has a credit as mo- as recent as 2013 uh, as the voice of Tom and Jerry. It seems in Tom and Jerry's Magical Misadventures. Good heavens. Well, that's gotten us off track a little bit. I knew. I knew. I knew that name. I knew. I knew the name Mel Blanc. They got a big-time voice actor for Toucan Sam, the cereal mascot. Yeah. It's, oh gosh. Well, so it's interesting. My my research went more along the lines of in-fiction lore uh, as opposed to the historical side of things. Interesting. I have really one solid, oh goodness, my allergies today are not. I've really I've really only got one solid uh out of out of character out of character out of fiction bit of lore. Oh wait, no, two. I forgot about okay. When I was researching for the longest time, I only had one line item in my in my notes, and that was just in italics the words flavor crime. 
That's because there's a flavor crime that we need to discuss. We'll save it for a little bit later in the episode, the the true flavor crime. But don't worry, Billy. I have another flavor crime for you that we can talk about right now. And that's the thing that I discovered right before we started recording. Oh? Uh, here, I've got a I've got a picture that I'm gonna post in the chat, and that we will uh we will later post on. Let's see if it'll on the Twitter at it. yes on the Twitter at deplorable yeah at de- at deplorable. This is a flavor crime from the official Kellogg's website. <laughs> it's Fruit Loop soup, Billy. Don't like that. <laughs> it's Fruit Loop soup. What is that's so that's strawberries, raspberries. It is it is a mix of fresh fruits including on their it, they have a recipe list and directions in case you couldn't figure out how to assemble Fruit Loop soup because you're some kind of monster. <laughs> enough of a monster to create Fruit Loop soup, but not enough to really get the simple concept of putting pineapple juice and cranberry juice cocktail in a bowl and then mixing in mandarin orange sections fresh strawberries fresh raspberries grapes and blueberries okay so and then pouring fruit loop cereal over top of it i did i did think that those those green cylindrical objects were olives no they're not olives that would have been a horrible uh, olives are a little less translucent. Yeah, those those are opaque. those are grapes. Now that you've, <laughs> yes, but good night. Like this bowl is a crime. That, that is, we're... that is a crime. Billy and I are looking at a bowl that's just fruit juice and fruit like slices, with Fruit Loops poured on top of it. Like that would kill I, I that would kill somebody. That's so much sugar. You're mixing two different kinds of fruit juices in with a bunch of fruit slices and fruit loop cereal. It almost makes my teeth hurt just to look at. I was gonna say aside from like how much sugar that is, I don't necessarily think it's would taste bad. However, it's still the a crime. social crime of yeah, it's still a fruit a food crime. That might be another episode of of uh, of deplorable that we'll have to do is food crimes. If we do food crimes, oh man, I've got food crimes against humanity. We'll have to be careful with food crimes though, because some food crimes, food crimes are an interesting an interesting exploration of social taboo. Because take something as simple as pineapple on pizza which apparently is incredibly polarizing. Like, I enjoy pineapple on pizza. There are people that don't. It's all personal taste. I just remembered that in Cyberpunk 2077, they... I think it's Cyberpunk. Pineapple on pizza is illegal. What? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What? I... I am now... Oh, Billy! I'm Cyberpunk 2077 is is very much a, a game full of breaking sort of societal norms and underground rings of all kinds of criminals. And I'm just imagining an underground pizza underground pizza, pizza ring. Yeah, underground pizza ring. 
selling pineapple on pizza. It's 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 uh shoot, what's it called? Speakeasies. Pizza speakeasies. Pizzeasies. Pizza easies. Maybe not maybe not that one. That sounds like a frozen food. Frozen it pizza. <laughs> but I just there's so much in Cyberpunk 2077 that's that's very, you know, gritty and yeah, you know, nihilistic and and I'm just imagining a it's like you got the stuff. I got what you're looking for. Three cheeses, pineapple. The works. <laughs> Some ham on there. Does that mean Hawaiian Hawaiian pizzas are banned? Uh, yeah, I would imagine if pineapple on pizza is banned. Either that, or it's just uh, the Hawaiian pizza just ha- doesn't have pineapple on it. Maybe there's more legs on a food episode than I thought. Which inherently, I guess, would make it not a Hawaiian pizza because the pineapple is kind of a pivotal pivotal thing that makes pivotal it... part of the pizza. Yeah. Yeah. Good use of alliteration. Well done. It'd be meat lovers without bacon. That's what that would be. What is a meat lovers pizza without bacon? It's a crime. It's another food crime. So to kind of gauge our view, our listeners and you on how much I pay attention and how often I watch TV, apparently Toucan Sam got a redesign in 2020. Oh, is that that recent? I was looking at his redesign, yeah. but all the artwork and stuff on like still released commercials and boxes of the serial were using his old art. So I assumed that just the backlash from his redesign was so much that uh, Kellogg, mean, I, Kellogg's was immediately like, oh no. And I wouldn't it. doubt it. As far as my research took me, I looked into the redesign and the internet does not like it. <laughs> no, it well, It's because they went from like 2.5D 2. 2. to... I, I think... Really, the crux of the problem is they lent, leaned too hard into anime. Yeah. And anime is not the right word because it's it's not it's... really an anime style, but it's it's definitely much more of a sort of Adventure Time kind of stylized cartooning. It looked, honestly, it, his redesign looked like the same, looked like it came from the same person that made Teen Titans Go. Yeah. It was that same style. It's it's a bit it just doesn't fit with the character. Yeah. I have a another fact about his design. Mm-hmm. Initially, the colors on his beak were supposed to represent each color in the serial. Yes. Until 1991 when they added green. Yeah. And, and then that went out the watched, window. <laughs> having watched an hour-long compilation of Fruit Loops commercials, they they were never going to be able to maintain that. I also have all of the dates for when they added each of the different colors. Ooh, do you have when they left when those colors? Oh, wait, no, no, no. Okay, so each of the mainstream colors, right? Not the special editions? Uh, Yeah, each of the mainstream. Okay. So not like... Yes, let, uh, r- rattle those off for me. I'm interested. Uh, So uh, green was released in 1991. Okay. And the so the original colors... Oh, hang on. What are the original colors? The original colors, colors were... were blue, red, yellow... Oh, no. So the ones that were added were green, purple, blue, and gold. So red, red, orange, and yellow were the red, original. orange, and yellow. Okay. In original, the original released in '63 was red, orange, and yellow. So then, what was the next one released? So green, green was 1991, followed then by purple in '94, blue in '97, and gold in 2006. Which I think I remember the commercials for when they added. Gold's is gold, a, is gold a staple color now? I don't know. 
because they had yellow and orange. And I, I find it very, like, I feel like it'd be very challenging to get a... I feel like that might have been one that was just, like, it was added for a little bit and then they got rid of it. Yeah, I think that might have been... Because I, 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 I do remember, and by remember that commercial, I mean I remember from watching it just a little while ago. They, they've added a ton of colors that were temporary colors. Yeah. Gold being one of them, there were several different kinds of double loops, which were basically just two Fruit Loops stuck together. Uh, there were the occasional star-shaped Fruit Loops. There were also about four to five variations of Marshmallow Fruit Loops. I remember having some Marshmallow Fruit Loops. I never, I didn't know they existed. I'm kind of disappointed, to be honest. I, I do enjoy a good bowl of Lucky Charms on occasion, or off-brand Lucky Charms, as my family usually got. They were just as good. It's all dehydrated. It's all, it's all, it's all, it's it's all freeze dried marshmallows. So what are you going to do? Another mini fact and viewers of food theory over on YouTube. Ho ho. Are we going to talk about the flavor crime now? I I mean, I was going to bring it up. Do you want to save it till the end? No, no, no. Let's talk about the flavor crime now if we're going to go about it. Cause uh, I have feelings. So I feel lied to. And I'm offended. Matt Pat did almost some as much as when gosh darn Pluto got ejected from the planetary conglomerate. It's an asteroid. I know it <laughs> is, but I'm just still mad about it. Like I know it's more similar to the stuff that's floating around our solar system than the actual planetary bodies, but I just you know, everyone loves a good everyone loves an underdog. It's all fun and games until Pluto comes crashing into our moon. Yeah, Pluto's going to get revenge. But anyways, getting back on track, in one of the Food Theory episodes, Matt Pat did some testing and discovered all of the all of the pieces in Fruit Loops taste the same. Yes, there are no differences in the colors to the flavors. You can try this at home. Please do. Make sure you do a blind taste test because the minute you yeah. know what flavors you flavor, the minute you know what color is going in your mouth, you're going to imagine a flavor to it because it is a mix of the flavors that are listed on the side of the box. Now, this doesn't necessarily apply to the specialty brands yeah. of fruit loops. And the only reason I say it doesn't necessarily necessarily apply to those is because I am sure that Kellogg's at least adjusted the flavor profile of the overall brand like the overall cereal or they had new equipment set up for the purpose of creating the like the new kind of loop that then got mixed into the rest of the cereal. So it could be that those weird other colors and flavor, quote-unquote flavors, did indeed... End up influencing. ...have a different flavor profile than the regular loop. But in your classic original brand Fruit Loops box, all of those colors taste the same. It is completely the... Quick Billy. <sighs> What's the name for the sugar pill thing? Placebo. Placebo. It is completely the placebo effect. Yeah, it's your brain correlates color to taste. Not just that, but Fruit Loops has done a very good job marketing yeah. its cereal as though it had different flavors without directly saying that each Fruit Loop tastes different. The only commercials I could find that actually s tried to make that claim 
were in the earliest versions of commercials in around 1963. There were a few way back in the black and white era that tried to make that claim, but it very quickly died out, and I wonder why. Spoilers, it's because the uh, the FDA <laughs> started putting rules on the things that you can and can't say in commercials. Yeah. Fruit Loops has done a flavor crime. Bringing back Billy's little fact corner. Oh, yes. The podcast in the podcast. Podcast within a podcast. Billy's... Billy's tiny fact corner. What do we call it? Small time fact corner? I don't know. Fun time fact corner. There we go. Fun time fact corner. There it is. Uh, 2K's have appeared in two Simpsons episodes. uh, All fair in Oven War, which I felt was a fantastic name for a Simpsons episode. That is a good name. And Dangerous Curves, which is by far more disappointing. Mm Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That implies a universe crossover that I was not expecting. He didn't... It wasn't like a, he started talking to Homer. It was more of like a, at one point during All's Fair and Oven War, Homer starts hallucinating and sees Toucan Sam. Oh, that's a little disappointing, if only because it it breaks down some of the barriers of it, or it puts up some more barriers in the... uh... Yeah. One of these days we'll have to, we'll have to get MatPat on an interconnected serial universe. Well, see, I'm I've been kind of on that on that uh, a little bit too today and yesterday and you know in, in over the course of my research because a lot of the storyline of the Fruit Loop serial that our 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 Toucan Sam follows does take place on the ocean. Yes. There is a long storyline that goes that follows Toucan Sam and his nephews as they search for Blackbeak's treasure, Blackbeak being the antagonist of the series for a little bit. And if you couldn't gather, Blackbeak's pun, his name, his name is a pun on Blackbeard, the famous yes. pirate. And so it kind of got me thinking, is this the same sea that Captain Crunch sails on? Oh, no. <laughs> the trouble with this theory is that the Kellogg's Corporation is the owner of Fruit Loops. Yes. Whereas Captain Crunch, the overall company, the mother corporation, is PepsiCo, but the direct owner of Captain Crunch is the Quaker Oats Company. Yes. So the the Quaker Oats Company is a subsidiary of PepsiCo. PepsiCo is not Kellogg's. Like Kellogg's is is not a is is not a subsidiary of anything else. So it's it's a little bit we get a little stuck here in our interconnected lore. It's a bit like trying to cross over DC and Marvel, but this does open up a different possibility. Yeah, now you say that, but Marvel and DC did cross over in a few comics. That's true. Which was really interesting to see Batman initiate a conversation with Iron Man because of how parallel they are. So I've got a theory. Oh. Kellogg's cereal. Kellogg's has released over time a variety of cereals, some of which are currently discontinued, some of which are not. One that was released is C-3PO's cereal, which was introduced in 1984, and it was a cereal completely branded from C-3PO. Now, for those of you who are following uh, ownership of certain properties, 
C-3PO is a part of the Star Wars franchise, thus owned, well, or was at one point owned by LucasArts, but is now owned by Disney. The mouse. The mouse owns Star Wars. You know what else the mouse owns? The mouse owns Marvel. Marvel canonically includes both Cap'n Crunch and, for those of you who have seen our previous episode, the Kool-Aid Man. (laughs) Meaning the company which owns the company which owns Toucan Sam and this and the Fruit Loop cereal brand did a c- conglomerate crossover event with Star Wars and the franchise that is connected to Marvel, which is connected to Captain Crunch. So in theory, through those connections, we could get Toucan Sam onto the same ocean that Captain Crunch is on. I'm not crazy. This is definitely correct. Have you heard of Toucan Sam's first enemy? Probably, but I didn't really recognize it as Toucan Sam's first enemy. What is his first enemy? This isn't really necessarily his first one, but it's one of his first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a peacock named Dr. Peacock. Oh, shoot. I remember that. Who is modeled after a stereotypical mad scientist. Yes. The thought of a toucan going up against a peacock. You know, that's fair. Toucan and peacock, both known for their colors. Toucans have very colorful beaks, and peacocks are just very colorful in general. This brings me, I think, to some of the research, more of the research that I've, I have done. Because I kind of got on this train of, could Toucan Sam uh, appear in the same universe as Captain Crunch? And so I kind of started getting thinking about Toucan Sam's powers and abilities as a Mar- Marvel character. <laughs> and so I basically began listing all of the traits of Toucan Sam and the Fruit Loop cereal that I could find. It seems, and, and oh gosh, where do you even begin? So Toucan Sam first learned to fly by getting fired out of a slingshot. <laughs> which right there seems to be a tragic backstory in and of itself. Yeah. Like, he intentionally flung himself out of that slingshot, but where were his parents? He also seems to carry spare beaks on hand, and I I don't know why. There was a commercial in which an octopus was trying to acquire Fruit Loop cereal, and Toucan Sam, following his classic catchphrase of, Follow your nose! Uh, stuck a beak onto this octopus, like, out of nowhere, just pulls out a, a whole toucan beak, Sticks it on the octopus where it stays, because magic, I guess? And then they go on with their commercial. Why do you have a beak, Toucan, Sam? Is that a real beak? Where did you get that beak from? Hmm. You're not supposed to be able- you can't just take those off. There is an alien species in the Fruit Loops verse that seems to be able to generate Fruit Loops upon consuming enough of them. Spontaneous Fruit Loop generation, which made me got me thinking about the fact that Fruit Loops seem to have no consistent way of spawning in the world, which is a strange concept to me because some of them grow on trees, which implies that Fruit Loops are an organic, like grown substance, but other Fruit Loops are stored. Sometimes for what seems to be extended numbers of years 
underground in tombs and ruins, like ancient ruins. There, how did they stay good that long? What are Fruit Loops? There are Fruit Loops literally in space, which brings me back to that aliens point. There are aliens in space travel in the Fruit Loops verse. Just like there are aliens in space travel in the Cruncherverse. And that alone draws a striking parallel between the two. Not to mention, there is a commercial in the Fruit Loops verse which in which an Alice in Wonderland style world is accessible through the mirror in Toucan Sam's bedroom. Which means mm. there's dimension hopping. This all just not and not to mention on top of that, Toucan Sam appears to be able to just straight up pull things out of pictures, like magically. He, I guess, just has that power. He was walking through in one of these commercials. He was walking through a gallery that seemed that whole held. It was a more recent commercial. I think it was like from 2013. In which the gallery held pictures featuring a bunch of different adventures from commercials throughout the ages, which I thought was a really cool, by the way, out of out of the fiction, stepping back from that for a second, I thought that was a really cool tribute to all of the commercials that had kind of come before, because there were like specific screenshots basically from these different commercials, and they weren't just like the screenshots that were, you know, the bowl of Fruit Loops with the cereal next to it. It was, you know, the picture of his nephews and, like, of a... I think there was one of the... There was one where Fruit Loops were growing on trees, got struck by lightning, and created stripes on the Fruit Loops. I don't know why. I ha They didn't explain that. But anyway, not the point. Point is, he gets to the end of this gallery, there's a picture of a bowl of Fruit Loops and, like, this box of cereal and stuff, and he straight up reaches into the picture pulls out the bowl and starts eating Fruit Loops for out of it. Which is just like a power that the Kool-Aid man has. Yeah. And I'm saying that there are some striking parallels between each of these different universes, and I think that Kellogg needs to reach out to PepsiCo. We can get Kool-Aid Man and Captain... No, Kool-Aid Man Captain Crunch. We can get Toucan Sam and Captain Crunch in the same universe. I, also, tiny side note, his beak appears to be able to shift colors. We were talking about earlier the way that his beak has gained gained one additional color briefly, and then just they forgot that they were going to be trying to yeah. do anything about that. And now his beak is pink, red, and orange. Well, sort of. His beak is pink, red, and orange, unless they go through with this redesign, in which case his beak is just kind of like a tie-dye. It's, he doesn't really have a beak anymore. It's kind of a rainbow thing that's just kind of stuck on. Yeah, he doesn't really have a beak anymore. It's kind of just a long face due to the fact that he has a mouth with teeth. Side note, people have a, um interesting obsession with some challenging fan art. I, I hesitate to use the word fan art. But some challenging homegrown artwork of the Toucan. Some surprisingly disturbing challenging fan art. Mm. From a couple different angles. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. I have 
I have one last minor story. Okay. Uh, I'm uploading a picture. So oh. that's the logo of... I love that little logo. That's the logo of the Maya Archaeology Initi- Initiative. Mm-hmm. Kellogg's cereal company was trying to get them to reconsider their trademark on that logo. Oh, that's putting it nicely. Because it looked very similar to Toucan Sam. What we should really talk about is that it was an intense legal battle that was not very nice. Yeah. And this, this, we we will also post this one on the Twitter again. It's at deplorable. But uh, there's, there's no, the resemblance is that it's a toucan. That's the only resemblance. And to be honest, it's not even a toucan that resembles Toucan Sam. Like, Toucan Sam is a fairly recognizable character and a fairly unrealistic portrayal of toucans as a general statement. You can't copyright an animal, Kellogg's. Sorry, I know how much you want to own everything. No, it's Disney. Oh, no, it's every company. <laughs> it's capitalism, Billy. Uh, just waiting for the uh, the Disney Hyperion-esque space station up in the sky give give him a few years it's spacer's choice spacer's choice Uh uh-huh shout out to auto worlds we need to to roll back just slightly back to the fruit loops themselves because i mentioned that we don't have any concrete method for how they get spawned how they come into being yes which is frightening because they appear to have quite a bit of power See, Fruit Loops, and I was watching these commercials, and I was thinking about them. I discounted everything that could be a quirk of personality or biology or physiology of the creature in question. So I'm not going to say that Fruit Loops are, you know, unnatural, supernaturally addicting or anything. Despite the fact that there are a lot of creatures in the Fruit Loops-verse that seem to be irrationally drawn to these this cereal that could just be a quirk of personality or like in the case of that alien there that alien species which seems to be able to generate fruit loops upon consuming enough of them that could just be a quirk of physiology or biology on a on the alien's part because you know toucan sam and his nephews eat these things all the time and they don't spontaneously start shooting fruit loops everywhere but Fruit Loops do appear to have the supernatural ability to store and emit color and light. Hmm. There is a commercial in which, and this is the commercial from, I think it's from the 90s when they added one of the, one of the newer colors. I cannot remember which one it was. In which Fruit Loops sucked up all of the color from supposedly at least the immediate vicinity of them from inside a cupboard. The entire house was black and white. Toucan Sam was black and white. Only the cereal box still had color and the cereal itself. And upon eating some of the cereal, Toucan Sam's color was restored. Hmm. At the end of the commercial, there is there is a, a cut to a, a shot of the bowl of cereal 
and the box of cereal, both of which are in color, sitting on what appears to be some kind of tree. And the tree is still black and white, and everything else around it is black and white, thus implying that either the editors were having a little bit too much fun with chroma keying, which is probably more likely, or Fruit Loops have a frightening ability to, independently of Catalyst, draw color in from their surroundings at a fairly terrifying scale. This is further compounded in later commercials in which the nephews of Toucan Sam stack the fruit, like the Fruit Loop cereal. I think it's just one loop of each color, but it creates a small, almost flashlight-like wand, I guess you would call it, which appears to have minor reality-bending powers. Hmm. They, you, somehow activate this stack of Fruit Loops. I don't understand how, because there's no switch on it or anything. I, I, perhaps it's an innate ability of the Toucans? Because Toucan Sam and his nephews are, there's no way they're standard Toucans. They are not default Toucan. Toucan Sam, for one thing, is a phenomenal swimmer. And traditionally, real-world Toucans are not waterfowl. One of the Toucan nephews somehow activates this stack of Fruit Loops, which emits a beam of rainbow-colored light, which he uses to draw a, a clown outfit on a pirate, like, made out of light, which then just attaches itself to the pirate. Which, you know, is mundane enough. Okay. But then, then, that same Toucan nephew draws a circle around the feet of two other pirates, which opens up into a bottomless pit, a black void from which there is no apparent escape, which closes behind the pirates after they fall through. Fruit Loops OP. Fruit Loops are overpowered, which again is why I have to, like, we need this crossover. <laughs> We need the Crunchiverse and the Loopiverse to combine. I need them in the Marvel Universe because I want to see them go up against Thanos. There's so many possibilities. If Fruit what Loops, if we had... What? If Fruit Loops can absorb the color of things... Yes. What would that do to the Infinity Stones? I don't know. There is precedence for this in the DC Comics. There is a character that is capable of changing the color of things. It's He's a villain. And everyone's like, wow, that's the stupidest superpower that I've ever seen. Except at one point, he changes the color of kryptonite. Yeah. He changes it from green to red, and Superman goes, Yup. Haywire. And Superman goes, Haywire. And if that's the case, there are some implications there, because you're getting getting attacked by Green Lantern? Well, guess what? He's now now a you're, lantern. I don't know, a blue lantern. Yeah. I don't remember exactly what the blue lanterns, I most of their powers, I think, revolved around healing. But they're definitely a little less threatening than the green lantern. The greens were, mm-hmm. greens were willpower, right? Yes, green was willpower, yellow was fear, red was anger. Pink, pink was love, which I always thought was there weird. There was pink? Yeah, there's pink lanterns. We might have to do an episode on the Green Lantern on the Lantern cores. Powers and abilities. Fueled by the emotion of hope. Hope is not an emotion, but let's continue on past that point. Well, I don't know. I don't want to make that call. I'm not 
I'm not qualified to say whether or not hope is an emotion. I don't think it is, though. Sorry, it's violet, not pink, but... Oh, violet. Blue lanterns must be near an active green lantern's power ring to tap into their own ring's full power. Otherwise, the rings are only capable of the default abilities of flight and a protective aura. This is because the power of hope is nothing without the willpower to enact it. Hmm. That's some commentary on things. Uh, we're we're definitely <laughs> we've gotten we, we, so we've off gotten topic. off track very heavily. I you know I we say off track personally. I think this is just fleshing out the loopiverse. <laughs> I do like the idea that Captain Crunch. Oh wait, that's how we get uh, get Kool Aid Man in on this crossover. It's because Kool Aid Man's in the Marvel universe. So Kool Aid Man and Captain Crunch are already confirmed to be in the same universe. And then you should just to jump from there, all you need is to get Toucan Salmon on this train, which Kellogg can already do. We just need... So since Toucan Sam... Oh, gosh. This is complicated, but we'll get there. We just need Toucan Sam to use the portal technology that he's got in his mirror in his bedroom. Two, get to the universe in which Star Wars is real. Two, get to the universe in which the Marvel universe any of the Marvel universes, there's like a lot of them. Or at least there were, we've had some reboots. Once we get there, once you get to the Star Wars universe, you just need do we even need to go to the Star Wars universe? I don't think we do. I think the Star Wars universe just proves that the Loopiverse is connected to the Marvel timeline. The Marvel universe. And from there... You just need to utilize the portal technology that you've got in the mirrors in your bedroom, too, Can Sam, to hop to one of the universes in which the mainline Marvel story canon is going on. Well, if you do that, you might miss the Cap- the Crunchiverse. You need to hop to the Marvel universe that has the Crunchiverse connected to it. And then to get to the Crunchiverse, all you have to do is travel to that universe's planet Earth and go to Ohio. Because Captain Crunch sails off this uh, sails on the Sea of Milk off the coast of Ohio. Is it the DC universe that's like Earth two fifty six or whatever? How are the Marvel universes categorized? The Marvel universe, I think, is by Earth, because I think Earth six one six is the Marvel comic books. The action of most Marvel comic titles takes place in a continuity known as Earth six one six or yeah six one six. So we need to get. Toucan Sam into the Marvel Universe that is connected to the Crunchiverse, which yeah, is what I'm referring to the Marvel Universe that Captain Crunch exists in. E- each of the different Earth number designations has like a different overall designation to it. So, for example, Earth uh, 9602 is designated as the Amalgam Universe, mm. which is the universe that has both the Marvel and the DC Universes combined in it. All right. So which which what Earth number is the Crunchiverse? That's a good question. So, Earth 928 is Marvel 2099. Earth 311 is Marvel 1602. I know the the Marvel Cinematic Universe has its own world. Okay, the Captain Crunch serial was released in 1963. Which makes sense, because Fruit Loops was also released in 63. Yeah. Even more parallels. These guys are just basically like one tiny fourth dimensional wall away from being in the same universe. And we're going to get there today. So do we do, do we call it Earth 1963? Is that a number already? Uh, oh, hang on. Guess what else debuted in 1963? What? The Avengers. Oh. 
It's all connected, Billy. I say 1963. That seem fair? Yeah. All right. Earth 1963, officially the Crunchiverse, <laughs> which is the Marvel Universe that has Captain Crunch and Kool-Aid Man in it. So we just need Toucan Sam to make it to that universe. If you have any suggestions or comments about the show, go feel free to get in touch with us at DeepLorable on Twitter. Or alternatively, you can email us at uh, DeepLorableContact at gmail.com. Let us know if Earth-1963 is already a Marvel universe. Because if it is, we'll have to change our, our, our plot here. Yes. Or if you have a different number that you think we sh- that we th- you think we should use for the Crunchiverse, or just if you have different if you have suggestions or comments in general, we're always open for that too. Thank you all for listening. I I I don't know what the deepest lore is here today, but I definitely feel like we found something. Yeah, we definitely did find something. There's there's something to the Loopiverse and the Crunchiverse's collision, which I think we can make happen. Come on, Marvel! <laughs> Come on. Marvel, remember your advertising roots. Maybe we can make... Oh, no. You mentioned that Toucan Sam's... The Toucan Sam redesigns art style is a lot like Teen Titans Go. And now I'm kind of... It's a DC property and... Yeah. Well, that's thoughts for next time. Thank you. Thank you all again for listening. I'm Michael Bastine. And I'm Billy Staples. And we will hear from you, see you, talk to you next time. Bye.